Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That is what NetSuite by Oracle is set out to solve. Because most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that's why many businesses fail. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? Now, I've never run a business, but, you know, we work on kind of a small business here, and we all make sure Dan has all the information he needs. It's huge. Now, serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances all in one place in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash patrick. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash patrick. Again, that's netsuite.com slash patrick. you got to have all the information right in front of you. Go to netsuite.com slash patrick. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. I just don't think you can win a championship that way. This is Dan Patrick. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. If you would have said to us five years ago, you know, you're going to be talking about Taysom Hill replacing Drew Brees one day, I would have said, hmm, Taysom Hill, really? We're talking about Taysom Hill maybe replacing Drew Brees at some point. He thinks he's a franchise quarterback. Where's Teddy Bridgewater in all of this? That's what I'm curious about. Welcome to the final hour. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Touch base with Troy Palomalo, the Steelers All-Pro Safety going into the Hall of Fame. And he's not sure what his bust is going to look like in Canton. How much hair do you put on there? Can you think of anybody else who had the hair question attached to their bust, quite like Troy Palomalo? I was trying to think, who else has had... That kind of hair. You know, Clay Matthews is, you know, maybe not going into the Hall of Fame, but if he did, then, you know. Freddie Bolitnikoff? How about him with the Raiders? He had a little bit of that hanging out of the back. Kenny Stabler had a little bit of that hanging out the back. But I don't know if there's anybody that comes to mind where there was a, a hair issue. Kevin Green, Steelers linebacker? What about in other sports? Well, baseball has a plaque, uh, but yeah, McLovin. Do you remember Ed Reed uh, talked about? He went with a little bit. His hair was oh, yeah. awesome, which is great. <laughs> his hair is awesome. It's even more awesome now. But uh, I'm looking at his bus. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I love Ed Reed. He's, isn't he had a great post-playing career, too? He's just, a, he just he's entertaining. He looks entertaining, too. And uh, he's one of the great, great, great players of all time, man. Yeah, McLovin. We just had Troy Palomalo. Isn't it funny that they both have great safeties and they had uh, great hair? Can a safety be that big of a star anymore in the way the game is today? Like, I don't think Palomalo. Well, who are your big-name stars? You got Jamal Adams. Yeah. I mean, he's not a star. He's a really good player. They'd have to win a little more. Yeah. I mean, the Honey Badger just – sorry, Tyrone Matthews just had a nice nice little run. Yeah. 
It felt like he played a couple of positions for that Chiefs defense, but Honey Badger did have a, a nice little resurgence there. They let, people love Derwin James. The Chargers guy, everyone says he's yeah. the next yeah. big star. No, he's a star. Well, he's a really good player. I don't know if he's a star because that you know there's a difference in that. But the way Ed Reed and Troy Palomalo sort of patrol the grounds out there, you know, they were able to make big plays, whether it was a big hit, a sack, or an interception. Although Ed Reed... Ed didn't have – how many sacks did Ed Reed have? Did we bring this up to Ed Reed that, that – We did, and I don't remember. He, did, he ha- did he have a sack in his career? That was Earl Thomas who oh, never Earl had Earl Thomas, one. okay. Like Ed, he, Ed Reed in his career, he had six sacks. Okay. But I remember Earl Thomas came on, and I go, you're going to get a sack? And I, I think he eventually got a sack. Might have been against Brady. Yeah, Paul. Ed Reed, though, 64 interceptions yeah. and seven touchdowns. Then another 13 fumble recoveries with two touchdowns. <laughs> he just found the ball. I mean, there's something about him. And when he got the ball, he made you pay. I mean, he was a great return man. All right, uh, final hour. Bob Costas will join us. We got a baseball question, and Bob will come to the rescue. Baseball is thinking about expanding their playoffs, and they also want to have a team that has the best record in uh, the American League and National League. You get a first-round bye. Maybe you do uh, uh, reality TV where you have the manager on. He gets to pick who his opponent's going to be. And Okay, I'm fine with it. I mean, it doesn't mess with the integrity of the sport. It's not like, you know, we're going to put a base runner on second base when we get to an extra inning. Or we're going to have, uh, you know, three balls and two strikes, which I think would be better for baseball. Three balls, two strikes. That's all you get. Let's go. Get in there. That's, you know. Hee-haw! <laughs> you know, is that just so you could do that? Yes, yeah, that's right. true. All right. And I wish – I, I, I miss my umpiring days. What did you do, like intramurals in college, Dayton? No, no, this was – Local? Yeah, growing up with the kids. Like, were you 15? Yeah. But you weren't hee-haw on kids at 15, were you? No, no, I didn't get too dramatic. Did parents yell at you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right behind home plate. I got them right there. Hey, squeeze them. You're squeezing my kid, and then you just take it for so long. And then I understand how referees and umpires do this, where you just go, you just back up to the fence, backstop. And I just said, shut the bleep up. <laughs> to the parents. Yeah. And then I just walked back up to the plate. And because uh, this guy was like getting on me like really bad, saying things to me. And uh, I just thought, you know what? When we get this. Uh, Get this out of the way here. Just go back there. Now that's now. I think we settled it. Yeah, see. We should do a, a video this, I don't know, spring or summer, uh, and have you go like undercover to a little league <laughs> game, and then a high school game or something, where oh. you're just going, bon- <laughs> just going bonkers, just go really dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then nobody will know that it's you though because yeah. you've got the mask on. Well, you can't wear the mask the whole time. That's the problem. Well, maybe just because it's out of place, they wouldn't know it. I think we should go do that though. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Whatever Milford Little League there is or something. Yeah, yeah. Like a first pitch strike and you kind of walk on go, yeah, like yeah. you punch, you, yeah. you take your time. You throw somebody out. <laughs> just punch him out. Guy, guy gets out at the plate and you just look at him in disgust like, yeah. Timmy, what like are you doing, doing going yeah. on that? Like a nine-year-old. There's nothing better than T-ball. Even if your child is not playing in T-ball, there is nothing better to watch than little little guys just run around. It's just an hour where they just run around. 
and they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> there's a guy who runs backwards. There's a guy who's in the in the outfield picking flowers. He's falling asleep. It's just, it's great entertainment. Yeah, Steve. At my son's soccer game this past weekend, the ref was like a 15 or 16-year-old girl uh, who did the best that she could. But, you know, like when your kids are playing, people get a little more animated. And, and I don't really think they care who the ref is, that people start, you know, parents start yelling and stuff like that. And uh, her mother was sitting in the crowd with us all. So every time there was like a disagreement about like, hey, blow the whistle. What do you do? Kind of thing. She'd be like, oh, you know that that's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and it made it very uncomfortable when you still kept complaining about calls and she was getting more and more upset. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, parents ruin everything. They, 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 they ruin youth athletics. If you kept the parents out, I think the kids would have more fun. It would be more freeing. And you would have, you know, less controversy there. But, man, that's why I always stayed in the outfield, in center field when my, my son played. Because that way, no, there were no questions. I didn't get involved in it. He wasn't looking over to me and going, you know, what do you think? Where should I do? And it's just, nope. Just go ahead. Play the game. Talk to you later. Yeah, Paul. But you were also trying to distance yourself when he went over. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely true. Jack Patrick. Hee-haw! That was his nickname? I think that was his nickname. That was his full name. Jack Patrick. Easy, easy out, I think is what they called him. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I say athleticism skips a generation, and my kids prove that. At least your dad's a decent broadcaster. Hee-haw! Maybe you should try broadcasting, Jack. Wow. Yeah, I know. It was tough, but I got over it. I survived it as a parent there because that's what it's all about. Come on, son. You're embarrassing me. This is about me. You know that. Yes. Yeah, are any of your kids uh, get into sports? No. Isn't that funny? Uh, I had a couple of, of rowers crew. Do you think that's, do you think the reason that is, is because you're you? Well, I got three daughters and like they're, they just weren't, they wouldn't date somebody who brought up my name. Right. Yeah, they just like, I just want to, you know, I'll meet you. And then as soon as the guy, you know how guys are. We don't have anything to say. You got no game going, hey, your dad is a sportscaster. <laughs> and then my one daughter will go, no, nah, see. Yeah, Paul. My dad was a very good athlete, but I was very much into sports. Sports weren't into me. That was the problem. I tried. I just stuck, <laughs> I stuck at all of them. Like if there was a sport, I tried it. Because my dad like, I'll sign you up for basketball. I'm like, super awful. But I, I, I had the mentality of going out there and kill and, you know, whatever it takes to win. And my wife's mentality is not that, so my, my kids just don't see it that way. They're not competitive that way. Whereas I'm competitive with everything. And, you know, she said, hey, they're not wired like you. Well, they're going to learn. we got to rewire them. Like, get out there. Yeah, McClellan. When you say you had kids that were in the crew, like, in the crew, like the feds are going to be knocking on the door and taking you away in the crew, or really in the crew? Like sticking their face on an actual crew member. Yeah, like, uh, and they went to USC, we're putting the dots together. Oh, no, 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 no. My kids, my two kids who got into USC did not get in because of athleticism, even faking athleticism. Oh, okay. okay. No, no, no. Okay. No. Like my USC and crew don't go together well right now. They don't. But my son, ironically enough, when he went to USC for a visit, the crew coach Wanted to know if he wanted to try out for crew. <laughs> Your son looks like every crew person I went to. Oh college yeah, yeah. With. He looks like if he walks off the bus, you go, okay, long day here, and then all of a sudden, 
might not be as long as you thought there. And and I had a daughter who didn't want to run cross country because she hated the gun sound. <laughs> like she, <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine that she's she was really good. And I told her, I said, "Hun, put your hands over your ears or wear earbuds, something." She goes, "Dad, I, I just can't take it. Pressure." Can we start with mace, <laughs> something a little less threatening. Violent. It's off putting. That I know. And then my youngest daughter, when I said jokingly, "Hey, no pressure. Don't finish last." And then she goes, "Oh, don't put so much pressure on me." I said, "Don't finish last. You only got to beat one kid." So she, I mean, that'll give you an idea. It's shocking they didn't stick with sports. And then my oldest daughter would stop during a cross-country race to cheer on her teammates because, well, Dad, nobody was cheering them on. So she'd stop, and I'd go, cheer them on when you get to the finish line. It's a race. Yes. She'd go, Dad, there's nobody cheering them. I'm the team captain. i got to cheer for them. i go, oh, my God. And my wife doesn't understand team competition. She, she you know, like run a marathon and a triathlon and all those great things. All right, great. Who cares? I'm talking about winning championships. And then we get all these damn trophies. I say, throw those trophies out. And she go, why? I said, they didn't win them. Those are participation trophies. <laughs> all right. No second place Emmy trophy. No, no. I wish I wish they had that. We'd be loaded up. <laughs> yes, I would have quite a few. Well, I don't know. They don't, they don't publish the voting for the Emmy. So I don't know if I get a second place Emmy. Oh, by the way, I got a, a couple of Meet Friday songs I'm going to throw in here. This one is... Uh, Alex and Noah in Virginia, the uh, Traeger Meat Friday songs. Well, if you told me beef was burning, I would come lend a hand. Paulie's busy talking D3 football, and I do not trust the French kid. <laughs> Traeger's hot. Steaks do you want? Save me some chops and ribeye. Grab your fork and napkin. This is much better than Todd Prince's active Caroline. I can smell it cooking on the grill all day. I've been waiting all week for a me Friday. Oh, Dan. All right. It's pretty good. Uh, how about Vince in Virginia? It's Traeger Me Friday song. Vince in Virginia. Here's Will in Oregon with his Traeger Meat Friday song. DP's got <laughs> on his plate. Nick Lovin's got a gas screen. C-10's got one thing to do. Just hit me with play of the day. Oh, my God. The play. We'll stay to everything there. 
Choice of song too. Oh. Everybody immediately laughed as soon as we heard that. <laughs> Funny. The bad ones are, are so much better than the good ones. It feels like because you're you're just going. All right, how did they come up with this? What are the lyrics in this? That's good stuff. Yeah, Paul. I love picturing where the person is while singing it. Like is he in his kitchen and his wife's like, I, I gotta cook something here. I, just let me finish it. Let me finish it. Open up the iPad. Yeah. What rhymes with tenderloin? But the guy who I think recorded the song while he was driving in his car. Uh, yeah. Last year, the four hundred five. Yeah, and I'm going. All right, that's good. Tenderloin okay. kicked in the groin. Easy, yeah. easy groin. I like that. All right. Uh, do you know it was 30 years ago? Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas. That uh, this is, and then I, I had Mike on. This is December 13th, 2018, when I had Mike Tyson uh, on, and we talked about the Buster Douglas fight. What do you remember about when you were in Japan? But what do you remember about remember, being there? I remember there? I was getting my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> when did you know you were in trouble with Buster? I don't know. Until it happened. <laughs> until they stopped it. I ain't know. And it's never over until it's over. But when, you, <laughs> when you walked into the ring, you didn't seem like your normal presence when you walked into the ring. No, I'm not. Cause your guys kind of beat me on that quick count, though. That was a fast count when he went down. Your guys have that long count that he had? Yeah. They kind of ripped me off on that stuff. I like that Mike is eating cereal at his <laughs> breakfast table while he's talking to me about that. Because he was given a long pause there, and I thought, oh, this isn't going to go well. He didn't want to talk about this. But that was 30 years ago. Yeah, Don. I don't know why people are so intrigued about my Why do they want to talk to me about my boxing career? I don't understand why they want to, why they want to talk about boxing. Thank you, Todd. Going to take a break. The great Bob Costas will join us coming up. Uh, are we going to stay with this poll question, McLovin? Do you want to uh, throw up real quick? MLB, do you like the idea of expanding playoffs? Or do you like the idea of televising this seeding tournament? Um, I like expanding playoffs. I mean, I think that's, I think the mainstream is kind of fine with that. Yeah. I'm okay with this. This doesn't mess with the integrity of the game. If you want to do it and you want to do a, a live reality TV show where the manager in the American League and the one in the National League gets to pick who they want to play or whatever it is, I'm fine with that. That's good. And then they get to tell you why they did it or they're going to avoid a team and then a team uses that as a rallying cry. And All right, fine. Give, give me something. And you're okay with expansion to some extent? Yeah, you know. I mean, baseball feels like it's already there where you go, okay, do these games, how much do they mean? You know. All right, we'll take a break. We'll, we'll talk to the great Bob Costas about this coming up. 19 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. 
It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Dr. Bob Costas coming up. Uh, some uh, email. Really, DP? Brady is guaranteed one of the easiest schedules in football. Money is zero issue. He wants to win. Go down in history on the same ship and avoids comparisons to Favre, etc. New England already has their spot in the playoffs for uh, the next year solidified. Too easy for him to stay. New England will pay him. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know how much they're going to pay him. Um, but if you go to the Chargers, there's a lot of upside there. I mean, imagine if you pull that off. Uh, let me see. As a Packers fan living in Boston, I laugh because I experienced this drama with Favre, had the same fan denial. Brady joining the Colts would be the biggest middle finger to Belichick. Also, if he won a Super Bowl with the Colts, he uh, would hold that over Manning, his biggest rival during his career. This move to prove he's the reason for those Super Bowl titles. Keep up the good work and suck it front row. That's from Peter. Uh, here's one from Will Ledford. The Carolina Panthers in the market for a quarterback. Yeah, they are. But then, or do they already have one with Cam Newton? That's a big mystery, though, because what's Carolina do at their position in the draft? Where are they in the draft, McLovin? Seventh, I believe. Okay. You're going to miss out on Burrow, Tua, and probably Justin Herbert. New owner, would you try to make a splash? That's where I thought Carolina would maybe make an offer for Joe Burrow for the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, McLeod. But are you tanking or rebuilding? That's there's some thought that you know they lost Keekley. Well, Christian McCaffrey was with us at the Super Bowl, and he said that they were rebuilding. Yeah, yeah, Paul. You know Miami's been piling up draft picks. They're at five. Carolina's at seven. Those two spots could be enough to get one of those guys. Miami can move down two spots and get another first round draft pick, maybe Just a couple seconds. What to, yeah, but they they have to decide if they really want Tua, then you take Tua. I think somebody's going to go up in front of Miami. That's that's the gut feeling I have, either the Giants or the Lions. Yeah, McLovin. If I'm Miami, I'm not, I'm not heartbroken if that happens. Then you just wait one more year. Just do a full – is that terrible to wait one more year? Well, in, unless you know – if the guy is there, you want. I don't want to take a quarterback because that's the, the next quarterback up or the next best quarterback. You know, the, the position's too tricky. That I, that, You know, it's different like running back or wide receiver where you can go, okay, we didn't get that guy, we got this guy. This is different with a quarterback. And I either get the guy who fits me, suits me, or I don't take a quarterback. But you'd have to, I know I say this every year, next year's class has to be better. I mean. Well, you got two headliners there. Yeah, I mean, Burroughs got one year under his belt and two is hurt, and Herbert is considered erratic. I think next year can beat that. I don't know. I mean, well, I'm, Lawrence will have three years, assuming he comes out after next year. Right. Then Fields will have two years as a starter. Right, right, right. 
This this class is kind of odd because of injuries and stuff. Well, I don't know. I got one year with Burrow that was the best we probably ever had at that position. Definitely. Tua has shown signs of being a great player. Overall leader in history rating. Is he have the record for the best passer rating ever? Yeah, but I don't know what that means anymore. Uh, and Justin Herbert looks at times like he's a Troy Aikman, and then at other times you don't know if he's the best quarterback on the field. Like it's that, that, and you can't have that inconsistency. Yeah, Paul. I'm fascinated to see who jumps above Trevor Lawrence to be the number one pick at quarterback next year because the odds are it's going to happen. Deshaun Watson dropped. Uh, Tua drops, mostly because of injury, but Joe Burrow probably wins it anyway. It, it's happened almost every year. Sam Darnold did not go first, and these are all the first, sure thing first pick. Well, McLovin and I have a bet. I mean, the one exception is Andrew Luck, who went wire yeah, to wire. True. He's a bet. That was like 11 or something. Yeah. Yeah, he was wire to wire. That's a, it's very rare. Yeah. Do we have a, a shower of shame or a wheel of punishment, McLovin? I think it's a shower of shame on Trevor Lawrence. All right. Or we could do Wheel of Punishment. I got screwed over on Deshaun Watson. Why? Because he should have got number one that year. I didn't know more Mahomes should I know. Who went? I think it was Joey Bosa went on. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. But you you were on record. You got uh, Trevor Lawrence going number one overall, right? Not, yeah, so not the I'll number one quarterback. I, I'm okay with Trevor. He's tall. People like tall. No, no. He's supposed to be the prototype. He's the next Ryan Tannehill. I'm joking there. I'm just joking there. Uh, let's make way for Bob Costas, Hall of Fame broadcaster, Major League Baseball Network host, announcer, and spent 40 years at NBC. Bob joins us. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Hey, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I was talking about my days as a Little League. Um, did you ever umpire? I umpired a softball game once, and uh, I was wearing a, a baseball cap, and it was sometime in the 80s, so perhaps I wasn't as well-known as... I wound up being at one point, and the pitcher did not at first recognize me, and he was vociferously uh, disputing my calls. And, you know, softball, slow-pitch softball is tough to umpire because of the arc of the pitch coming in. And he was calling me everything in the book, and then as the half-inning ended, he walked off, and he was giving me another piece of his mind, and he got close, and he goes, Oh, Bob, just a game. Just a game. Yeah, yeah, that's right, you bleepy bleep bleep. You're right, it is just a bleeping game. Well, it's just a game, but baseball is making it a little more interesting. And uh, the proposed changes by the commissioner, Yeah. where do you stand on this? Well, let me preface this by saying that no matter what I do, no matter how nuanced the point I make, there are some people who just want to say, well, check with Costas, his head's going to explode. He's a purist. My objection to the first wild card way back when was not that it changed baseball, but that it changed it without foresight. I said it at the time, forgive this little history lesson, you're going to have situations where what used to be the most dramatic games have no meaning at all. And that played out constantly, where at the end of seasons, teams that would have been vying for the most important thing head-to-head didn't care at all because one or the other was already assured of a wild card. They'd rather get their pitching in place. And there was virtually no difference between being a wild card and being the team with the best record in the league. Even if the wild card came from the same division as the team with the best record in the league, well, if you can get to the LCS, forget about it. We start all over again. That disrespected the meaning of the full season, and it took some of the drama away. And that wasn't just an abstract thought. It played out time after time. When they went to the second wild card, 
I approved of it because it addressed at least some of those concerns. Okay, now we have this proposal from the commissioner, and we're not going to run down all the complicated whys and wherefores of it, but I think it's very interesting, and it has a lot of merit. I like it. I'm okay with it. I don't think it messes with the integrity of the game. I like Now, there's two things here. If we add an, a couple more wild card bursts, if we give a first-round buy, okay, then there's incentive for, yep. you know, I, I like that. Um, and then the other part is the reality TV part of it, which I'm okay with. If you want to have a manager there saying, and we want to play – the Angels, uh, and, uh, you know, then all of a sudden you got this drama. Oh, they wanted you guys. And then, you know, so you at least get something that's a little more interesting there. Where do you stand on the reality TV part of this? Yeah, I don't mind that at all. In fact, I think it will be very interesting, not just as a selling point with the reality TV part, but from the standpoint of strategy. Will you get some storyline, and it's not a bad thing, where somebody in a small market or the team that was the seventh qualifier says, oh, well, yeah, well, they, they dissed us. Yeah, you'll get some of that. <laughs> and will there be, you know, the Yankees or the Red Sox, one or the other gets to pick? Should they pick um, their arch rival or should they try to avoid them and maybe meet them further down the line? That's all fine. But there's also strategy involved. What if a team you could potentially meet has already got its pitching in order? But the other team had to go to the wire and throw everything but the kitchen sink out there in order to qualify. Maybe you prefer that team in a best of three rather than the other team. You might not prefer them if the slate was clean, but under these circumstances. Or maybe, I don't know, their best pitcher just went on the injured list. Or you had a particularly bad time with that team that year. They're more left-handed in their rotation, and you're more left-handed in your lineup. There's a lot of interesting considerations there, um, and it doesn't have to be automatically highest seed gets the lowest seed. Talking to Bob Costas, a Hall of Famer, a Major League Baseball Network host and announcer. Is there anything else that could come out with the Astros where you would say, you know what, on second thought, let's take away the title? Well, I guess you'd, it would have to be confined to the 2017 season um, since they got to the World Series last year when there's some allegations about buzzers, but they didn't win it. I guess if something else came out, but I believe that right now the commissioner has closed the book on the 2017 season, mm -hmm. and he's going to leave it the way a lot of things are left. If you want to believe that Barry Bonds 762 is the real record, go ahead. If you want to believe that Hank Aaron and Roger Maris are the real career and single-season record holders, knowing what you know now, go ahead. There's an asterisk in the minds of fans who pay attention anyway, at least many of them. And I think that's the way uh, baseball wants to leave it. What I think a lot of people have questions about is what might have gone on subsequently, something a little more sophisticated than banging on a trash can and knowing that the Astros were willing uh, to engage in what Tom Verducci has called these dark arts, knowing that they were willing to do it. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you can't discount the possibility that they did it in different ways in different seasons. If I'm a Red Sox fan, sell me on us losing Mookie Betts. It's the best we could do under the circumstances. If we had been able to retain Mookie, if we thought that even a competitive bid would keep him, then we'd do so. But we're going to lose him no matter what. It's difficult to rid ourselves of most. They had to pick up some of it, but of most 
of David Price's contract. So we were able to package Price with him. In combination, this is going to give us some good young players. Alex Verdugo is definitely a good young player. Uh, and it's going to get us into a position where, and we've shown that we've been able to do this as an organization before, that we'll be able to retool and be competitive once again. We wish we could have kept Mookie Betts, but there was no way we were going to keep him beyond this year. And last year we bogged down even with him on our team. And although we're not going to say this publicly, we know we're not going to be as good as the Yankees this year with or without Mookie Betts. So we made the best of a very bad situation. Yeah, they may not even have been better than Tampa this year as yeah. well. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, it's a crowded outfield. I, I, I mean, they needed Garrett Cole. But uh, the pitching question mark here, that's, it felt like that's what they need. You know, I'm not, you're not sold on the bullpen, so the Dodgers go into this season. And granted, they can always pick up somebody. But you got questions about the Dodgers? Yeah, how many games over 100 will they win? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good to be in a situation where you're looking for weaknesses. And I <laughs> grant you that Kenley Jansen has not been what he once was, and that is a consideration. They do, however, have a lot of pitching depth. Of course, any team would have loved to have acquired Garrett Cole. Uh, Mookie Betts is not a bad consolation prize. Their lineup is hellacious. Yeah, that it, I was thinking about that. You know, the Angels lineup is pretty impressive as well, Bob. If, you know, everybody's – well, they had Jock Peterson, so they lost Jock Peterson. But still, you know, Otani in there, um, and uh, you add Rendon, and then you got uh, Mike Trout in there. Best lineup in baseball, Dodgers, Yankees, other? I, I'd go with the Dodgers right now. Um, maybe I'm overlooking something. The Yankees, obviously, in a, in a homer-happy era – and in that ballpark, uh, the Yankees will score a whole lot of runs, so I don't think they have any concerns in that respect either. It's interesting you mentioned the Angels, though. Uh, adding Joe Madden should help them. Adding Anthony Rendon should help them a lot. They may not be done dealing if they wanted Jock Peterson, and they may look elsewhere uh, for another bat. But with the Astros weakened, not just by the departure of Cole, and even with the arrival of Dusty Baker, which is obviously a plus, uh, there's a little bit of dysfunction going on there. The A's are still a very good team and in that division, but my point is that the Angels might be in a position to make some kind of move this year in the American League West if everything breaks well for them. Were you ever offered a job other than broadcasting by a team? No. No, no front office? No. General manager? No. No. Uh, I was offered a DH spot <laughs> by a struggling ball club, but I just I, I thought I was past my peak. Were you ever interested in doing something like that, running a no. team? No. Um, I was interested in, in the machinations of it, how it got done. I was always a student of it. Uh, I was an early proponent of Bill James. When Bill James was putting out his baseball abstract, literally mimeographing it from his home in Kansas, uh, I was receiving it. I was on a subscription list. This is in the early 80s. And I would put them on the radio on KMOX in St. Louis. So all of that sort of stuff. How do you put a team together? What are the dynamics of a farm system? All that stuff interested me. But as someone who loves baseball and covers baseball, not as someone who thought he should be part of uh, the decision-making. I'll leave you with this. I, I have a, uh, a choice for the Knicks if they wanted to add a front office person to run the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Theo Epstein. If he'd leave the Cubs, yeah. Well, I figure if he ran, if he did that for the Red Sox, did that for the Cubs. I mean, if you can do it for the Cubs, you can do it for the Knicks, right? 
well, what about this then? Uh, he's technically not free. Jeff Lunau is. Oh, I don't know if we want to go down that road. I think Nick fans are desperate enough. <laughs> if, if your premise, if your premise is to be accepted, we're accepting your premise for the purpose of this conversation. Yeah. Then, then they are desperate okay. enough Man. to try almost anything. The Knicks should be allowed to cheat, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> right? They should be allowed to cheat. The three should count for four. <laughs> hey, it's great to talk to you. Hope you're doing Thanks, well, man. and uh, appreciate your time as always. All right. See you soon. That's uh, Bob Costas, Hall of Famer. We'll come back. We'll uh, close up shop. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, and all of that coming up next. It's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Two days and Mario said, uh, you got to play this one Meat Friday song. It's really heavy metal. And I go, like, how heavy? Really heavy metal. The band is called Tragedy Mask in Iowa. All right. And here is their Traeger Meat Friday song. Tragedy Mask from Iowa. See, standing ovation. For, Finally, somebody gets it. Yeah, Tragedy Mask. Yes. An original song, Traeger Me Friday. you got to get Guar on the horn and that uh, Tragedy Mask can open. Yeah. That did sound Guarish. <laughs> How do those guys sing for that amount of time with and, that voice? And for weeks on end. Where, like, they got one dude who's like. <laughs> 
Uh, this day in sports history, aside from uh, Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas. 1966, Dan, Willie Mays became the highest-paid player in baseball, signed a two-year contract with the Giants. In 1966, what did the highest-paid player in baseball make? How much a year? $100,000. And then, uh, of course, i got to put this in, 1986, the single Super Bowl shuffle was certified gold. Oh, of course. Of course. Even if it was, I would have made it up. Yes, Eaton. You know what I think was uh, yesterday in sports history? Yesterday. One of our favorite segments. When Sanity started, Jeremy Lin put up 38 against the Lakers, mm. and that sort of kicked off that whole. Remember the uh, Lake, the Knicks should get rid of Carmelo Anthony and keep Jeremy Lin? Well, there was definitely some jealousy on wow. Melo's part there. I wonder if they could have played nice together, how long they could have stayed together. And uh, it's interesting that they're both still playing. Melo's in the league, and uh, Jeremy Lin, I think, is in China. Yes, Paul. We did a poll question in 2011. Whose career would you want going forward, Tim Tebos or Jeremy Lin? They were the two hottest players in sports. 2011 poll question. How did it end up? Well, Lin has had a not a great pro career at all. No, but how how did people vote? I have no idea. Oh, okay. You we just have the did Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't uh, keep detail records. Well, but see, Tebow's career is complex because he's a personality. Uh, it's it's a short career in the NFL, but it. He's got sustainable career being just Tim Tebow. He's played baseball. He's an analyst for the mothership there. He does other things. I mean, he's marketable. How about career salary, Jeremy Lin? Uh, Maybe if we have some theme music there. Then here we go. Career salary, Jeremy Lin, and here's your host. First year with the Knicks, he made 762 grand. Shockingly, the Hawks overpaid him in 2018 at $13 million a year. Mm. Career salary for Jeremy Lin. How many years? We're looking at 10 right now. 10. Hmm. Is it surprisingly high or surprisingly low? It's medium. He's doing fine. Like Harvard, for a Harvard guy, he may not be all time. I was going to go 53.9. Good guess. 65 million account. Oh, I should have gone 63.9 and damn it. You know, I, I learned this on the ACT and SAT that I did horribly. Always go with your first answer. Darn it. Ask me again. Career salary for Jeremy Lin. 63.9. Knocked it out, Dan, 65. Okay. Yeah, I got close. Final results of the poll question, McLovin. What's more likely in two years, Taysom Hill being an all-pro quarterback or Taysom Hill being a backup quarterback wide receiver running back? 94% uh, not being the all-pro quarterback. 94%. I think all-pro might have been a little strong. It was Pro Bowl. I did put Pro Bowl. Yeah. Pro Bowl means you're in the upper half, basically. Yeah. I think if he's a starting quarterback, that'll be uh, a big move for him. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. He reminds me a bit of Tebow, actually, now that we say it. He's got a little Tebow, but a little he's faster. He's more athletic stronger. than Tebow. Exactly. I think he's just a little better. More versatile. Than did. Do you think Tebow would still be playing football if he was a tight end or an H-back? I don't, I don't know how his hands were. I don't, I don't know if he's a route runner. I saw him catch a pass for the Jets when he was um, punting. Did he throw it? Oh, oh, oh punting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Russell Westbrook Jr., the third, currently averaging 27 points per game. James Harden averaging over 35. They have a chance to become the fourth pair of teammates to each average at least 27 points in the same season. They would be the first non-Lakers to do so. Now, I know that Jerry West and Elgin Baylor did this, and Shaq and Kobe 
Shaq and Kobe did it twice. And James Harden and Russell Westbrook would uh, – and Russ is right at 27 points per game. Here's another thing, McLovin. Uh, the Sixers host the Clippers tonight. And they're fortunate the game is in Philadelphia because their winning percentage on the road and at home is one of the largest drops in the in the last 50 years of the NBA. <laughs> They play 923 ball on the road or at home, and they play 321 on the road. That is second only all time largest difference in winning percentage home and away with at least uh, 50 games. The Denver Nuggets in 1988-89. What does that mean? That means they're really good at home and they're not good on on the road. But why? I have no idea. It's your team. Yeah, I, by the way, they've played a lot of bad teams at home. This yeah. one's a little challenging tonight. Yeah, very challenging. Uh, Todd Fritz, what did you learn today? Bob Costa says, the only question he has for the Dodgers right now, how many wins they'll get over 100? Yep. Yeah. McLovin? Troy Palomalu says that uh, he doesn't miss the being on the field at all. Seton O'Connor, what did you learn today? Troy's hair a little more gray, but still strong. Yeah. Luxurious, I think. Paulie, what'd you learn? Jimmy Jackson played nine games, started nine games for the Portland Trailblazers, but his jersey is gone. Yeah. Did we get a hold of Damon Stoddard? We're working on it. I was hoping we would have heard from him before the end of the show. All right. right. He's got the jersey. What we learned brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. Today only. Get 18 red roses, $29.99. Upgrade the 24-stem colorful rose medley, plus a vase, for only $5 more. But you have to do it today. To order, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon, enter code PATRICK. Talk to you tomorrow. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcast. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right, no credit card necessary, and simply search for our shows to start listening. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.